0: Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Yvonne klamp inspired with me. Welcome to my podcast, Yvonne. Thank you. Yvonne is a jewelry designer and co-founder of the well-known brand Yvonne Christa, elegantly chic and handcrafted jewelry. And the brand is famous around the world for reinventing the ancient art of traditional filigree jewelry in a modern key. Yvonne Christa was launched in 1991 in LA by you and uh, Christina Söderström, two designers who met in Rome in design school. So tell us what happens next and uh, and why. We actually instantly became friends, and it seemed more
1: like a sister than just a friend. Uh, we ventured on to different schools. Uh, I went into architecture, and Christina. Went into fashion design and photography and, yeah, a lot of different things. So we went through schooling for four years something, and then uh, I started working with set design in L.A., and Christina worked in the fashion industry. And then she suggested one night when we are sitting and being very tired that we actually should start something ourselves because we were working all the time anyhow. And I said that was a splendid idea, so mm-hmm. um, that was a start of an fantastic journey both in real life because we did uh, travel quite a bit around to see what we could Mm. design or what was missing or what we were really in passion for and then we came back to los angeles and that's when we started making jewelry from old pieces that we found at flea markets
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's like recycling already back then (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) trendsetters Uh and um and the collections are inspired by flowers like tulips and hortensia and daisies and and also mythological and and legendary places in Mm -hmm. ancient times so i I just why is that well from the very very beginning was actually very very thought through because
1: being in LA and being in in the States, there is a lot of different um, politics and a lot of different religions and a lot of different people. Mm. And we didn't want to make anything that would offend anybody. So we started out with flowers because we thought that was quite innocent. Uh, But then as uh, we have continued to design and moved forward and maybe not thinking as much to what could offend or not defend more to really passion for what we find interesting and what drives us. It's really that nature is the best place really for everything because you can basically find mm. anything and everything that you do need in nature and it's made by itself. And it's just fantastic because it does grow or it does create itself and, and, just taking forms and, and colors and, and shapes from that is amazing. And you mm. can just continue and you build on to different dimensions. And also with the filigree technique, it is made in 3D. So it's even more interesting to actually not copy the nature, but actually try to get the feeling for true nature and mm. organic forms.
0: That mm. they're just beautiful i think really (laughs) so with two major collections per year and fine retailers around the world promoting your jewelry what would you like to see manifest next we actually want
1: to see more fine jewelry we want to go in that direction because even though it's amazing to create and to design things we kind of want to Going to maybe less is more is actually really for the technique, mm-hmm. because each and every piece is unique since it is handmade, and not that they are inexpensive, but for what they are, they really are inexpensive pieces since it is sterling silver. Mm-hmm. So people maybe do not understand that doesn't know about us and our philosophy and our feeling and design and everything. It's really behind um, a collection do not understand the full extent of it. But if it is made of 18 karat gold or 22 karat, which it has to be for the filigree, I think maybe people would look at it even closer and Mm. see the fantastic intricate work and delicate and and that it is, it looks kind of fragile, but it isn't. Mm. And then each piece would actually get the visibility that it is entitled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you say our way of working and our principles and so on, how would you express that? The way
1: of working is that we make uh, the designs and everything, and then we work with silversmiths that help us develop into the pieces that we do want to have. And each and every piece is handmade, so there is not Mm -hmm. one that is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And that is the way we wanted it from the beginning when we did start making the jewelry, since we did make it from old pieces, from flea markets and everything. And it was this fantastic feeling of creating something that was special. And we wanted to keep that feeling that it is special and it's not something that is mass produced in a factory or anything like this. Every piece is actually a person behind it. Mm. And we also have uh, silversmiths that we work with and we have stone and pearl setters. So each piece is actually handled with more than one person. And from when the beginning was actually a philosophy behind it because we didn't want to get copied, which we did in the beginning. So we wanted mm-hmm. to kind of... Uh, limited that so that's why we made the silver parts with the silversmiths and then we had the setting with another person instead to kind of not having the whole recipe to one single person so there was kind of more survival instinct to do Mm. that Mm -hmm. but the philosophy behind it is really that the piece that you do buy even if you buy it today you're going to be wearing it hopefully in 30, 40, 50 years in the future also. Mm-hmm. And we do have a lot of customers that bought the jewelry first pieces 25 years ago and they still have it and they still wear it and they still get the compliments for it. And that is fantastic. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of feeling we want it to have, mm-hmm. that each piece really is unique and it is something special.
0: But uh, going back to you, Yvonne, what, what would you say is your passion? I mean, you know, something that you're really willing to also suffer for (laughs) if necessary (laughs) um
1: well I think people people are my passion and to see see smiles you know Mm. when you see true happiness that is my passion when I really see it doesn't have to be me that have made them very happy but it's just the the satisfaction of seeing a a child smile like Mm. totally from the toes and up I mean that that is really a passion if that could
0: be a passion but it's just really to Mm. to help and to make people happy and and how do you kind of transform that passion into your business into what you do
1: well we have a passion for what we design and for what we make and we have come across with certain collaborations like for example uh, we were asked to make this collection for dyslexia to help raise money for kids and for for research and all that stuff and that I think is something fantastic because they have actually come to the conclusion now that if uh, you do measure the eye with a certain technique and all this stuff you can actually see before the kids even can read Mm -hmm. that they do have dyslexia then they will get help. So they will not fall behind in school and they will Mm. not be Mm. mistreated or misunderstood or anything. Thank God I hope and I think that it is not the same as it was when I went to school. The people Mm. actually thought you were stupid if you didn't, Mm. you know, read as fast as your kid next to you or something like that. I do Mm. hope that that is not happening today. But still, I think there is a lack of understanding for many different faults or... or, Mm. Yeah, mishaps or anything like that. So I think it's very important to be able to help and support where you can. And actually, this is not even a handicap, but it was seen as one before. We also have... Donated for uh, breast cancer, and we made collections for that also. We made a little collection called Share Itty, which was a little chair, and then was based on old chairs, the backs of the chairs and all that stuff, and Mm -hmm. also charity Mm -hmm. to really help because... I think what is important to understand with cancer and, and horrible illnesses like that is it's not just the person that gets sick. It is everybody around them that yeah. gets really yeah. impacted in a very sad way. And if it is a possibility to help in any kind of way, we're more than very happy to yeah. do those things. And it's also then you kind of get a mission in the design. It's not just something that you should wear. It's actually something behind it also that it creates a meaning and creates it even more a meaning Mm -hmm. than just a piece of jewelry. Each and every collection has a thought behind it. And it's not just something, you know, grabbed out of thin air because it has a thought behind. And as you said before, when you asked, it's many, many times the design comes from organic forms of nature also. And it is the feeling of being wearable and also have a meaning. Like for instance, we did one with ginkgo that it stands for strength. Mm-hmm. And the ginkgo biloba tree is the oldest in you know nature. And it was when Hiroshima got hit by the bomb, it was seven trees of ginkgo that was still standing after the whole city got hit and totally destroyed but they were still standing and they're still standing today mm-hmm. and something like that is really strength and and I do think it if you wear something like that you feel the strength and you feel mm-hmm. the change in in actually is possible even in the worst situation something good can come out of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, kind of an odd way to say it maybe but and also the same thing is with the people that we do want to work with are people that are happy with trying new things and changing things and and also saying that maybe no this will not work because it will break or this will not be good because uh, the water will be dirty when we clean it this way or we shouldn't really use these stones because um, like chorus, for example, we don't use the real corals at all because we don't yeah. want to be part of destroying the ocean. We do like to work with women. We always had from the day one, actually, the key person yeah. in, in the, the whole office is a woman and has been since we started and by choice from our parts. 25 years ago so it's yeah there are a lot of choices and a lot of roads to pick and choose from but Mm. um, if something doesn't feel good and we feel that mm, it's something we can't stand for we won't do it even if we think maybe that would be really good for the company in a different aspect it's not good for us and that means it's not good for the company Mm. so it Mm. has to feel a good stomach feeling to to do things Mm. and to make changes
0: and To move
1: forward and all that, yeah.
0: Mm. But does it sometimes happen that you have, the two of you have different perspectives or are you pretty synchronized and um, kind of complementing each other?
1: We have the same philosophy really with Mm. uh, what goes around comes around. So we do Mm. really want to treat people good because we want to be treated good back of course Mm. kind of selfish but but on the same hand it it turns out nice (laughs) for everybody so we don't really have those kind of uh, discussions or disagreements or anything like that because we are on the same kind of level and we always been Mm. and I think that's also why we've been able to work so well for so 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 many years Mm. and Mm. both being designers which is also Not so, I mean, common, because usually it is one that is very good with the business and very good promoting and all that. And the other one is good at designing. But Mm -hmm. both of us love to design and and find it truly
0: Mm
1: -hmm. a passion to to go in and and make the drawings and make the design and see the the jewelry actually coming to life and Mm -hmm. see it on somebody. That is the biggest satisfaction. Mm
0: -hmm. It's
1: really, it's very, yeah. So, so far, no, we haven't really.
0: Fantastic. In a way, I, I would say you must be fortunate because it's not so often, I think, that people who are on some level, you know, professional soulmates or mm-hmm. however you would like to yeah. see to find each other so early on also, mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, yeah. create together from early age mm-hmm. and, and have time to experiment and do loads of things as, as you've done. Yeah. So congratulations on that, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best sister you could ever get, you know, (laughs) without
1: having a sister. So
0: it's it's fantastic. It really is. But what uh, transformational points in your life have influenced you the most?
1: Transformational. Oh, that's tough. Um, Oh, there are so many different things. I think maybe... Many of those choices are actually choices that we made without even really realizing. Like starting the company, for example, when we did, it was it, when everybody told us you can't start a company because it was a recession. But that was the best thing we ever done. I mean, it really was. And uh, also moving from LA to New York, that was also very tough. And everybody told us that wouldn't be good, but we did, and um, it really was. I mean, fantastic also, an experience and life experience. Mm. And also, I mean, becoming a mom is a huge difference and a huge change in life too, which also affects you work-wise and and Mm. socially and and in every aspect. So that's really Mm. big changes too. Then... um, I think it's also because I' am with every kind of job or passion or anything, it you go up and down and up and down all the time with different things and you doubting and and all that. But for some, how I mean, every time I return out to do nature, I just really know that this is what I'm supposed to do, and this feels good. So the biggest realization, I think in in mind that actually nature is a huge part of where i am today and where i was when i started also Mm.
0: because that was that's yeah it's big when did you know that um success was knocking on the door well actually Everything happened very, very fast. We had a
1: fantastic uh, agent from the very beginning. Her name is Audrey Liverand. And now we're going to be fortunate to work with her again in Mm -hmm. L.A. But she was the one that started and sold for us and and took orders and sold it for the movie stars and everything. And, And we were fortunate to be in Los Angeles and to be in the midst of everything. But we were working 24-7, basically. So then she wanted us to have a little thing at our house uh, in a late Sunday morning. And we did prepare everything. And we bought brunch and all that stuff. (laughs) But then we were up working all night. So actually, and it is true, it sounds like something silly, but Cher and Michelle Pfeiffer, our friends, and they were actually ringing the doorbell. And we just couldn't manage to open and our agent was really upset and she kept ringing us and asking and we didn't answer it was the old-fashioned telephone machine (laughs) answering machine you know saying where are you knocking downstairs and all that stuff and we we just couldn't bear to open the door we were so tired and so (laughs) but then we realized okay if they're coming and wanting to see the jewelry and and all that stuff we must be doing pretty good
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, what moments. Yeah. Yeah. But did you have any kind of, uh, what do you call it, starstruck kind of um, moments after that?
1: One person that we did meet that I just really, and I still think she's fantastic, and it's uh, Angelica Houston. And we met with her, and she actually hand-wrote a letter for us after and thanked for the... Meeting, and that was really fantastic because Mm. she is so much more than just an actress. Mm. Otherwise, I'm usually not that, um,
0: Mm. you know, starstruck. And what um, long term solutions for business do you believe in? To believe in what you do
1: and to Mm. actually really be able to, if somebody asks you, anything about it that that you can stand up for it and you're proud of it and to not make something because we were asked in the beginning to produce things that we didn't really believe in and to change because that was the market and that's what's selling and so on Mm and so forth and we'd listened once to an agent in New York to try to tweak and do what he wanted us to do but we did it once and we will never do it again because it wasn't from our heart and was not our passion it was not something that we were proud of, and not Mm. something we would wear ourselves. So, Mm. no. So I I really do think Mm. you have to stay with the gut feeling and and keep focus on that it feels good.
0: Good um, advice. If you assume all doors are open and you have all resources available, if we dream a little bit, what would you innovate or change?
1: education and education and all different levels actually to really make sure that we all in every country not just in europe or, or america or anything like that but in all countries for sure and and it's for granted that everybody does get an education and boy or girl and um Actually, since there are some people that has missed it, young and old, but of course focus on the young generation because they are really the ones taking over and they are the one that I do believe understand and will understand fully the the lack of resources and, and that we actually are running out of natural resources in many different aspects and they will understand. And combination with actual true real life for uh, children, for instance, in Africa, that there isn't water that you can drink just out of the faucet. They will have knowledge that kids in Europe that takes stuff like that totally for granted, things that they can teach them in a total different way than just reading mm. in a book. Uh, and also that kids in Europe can teach and in Asia in, in Africa and all that. And also what we have to understand and, and realize also that Africa in many, many places are not really behind anymore. And China certainly not. They are definitely mm. in front of us. And we're kind of ignorant and still think that we are on top of the world in the mm. Western world, as we call it. Mm. And that is absolutely not a way to be able to live or to to develop or anything. And I think our kids are so much smarter, so they will not take on that kind of level, mm. label, I mean, um, and level to be above mm. because it's not mm. the world we can or want to live in. Nobody mm. should be above. You should be a team and you should learn from books, but mm. you should also learn from your neighbor uh, Mm. your other generations older or even younger and to really experience in a different way to open the classroom wide open to really make sure that everybody gets an education and everybody can read because that's really where it starts also that you can read.
0: Then there's also um, the what you would call life wisdom part Mm -hmm. of education where does that come from i mean today very much from families one can Mm -hmm. hope but um,
1: yeah
0: somehow if that could be immersed into the so-called education would be great as well yeah because at the end of the day we have information and knowledge and all that but you also have to somehow know deep down what is from a human point of view what is right and Mm -hmm. what is not and, and be guided by that too yeah
1: And if you do have the the opportunity to actually learn and to be among other people that are eager to learn, I think that gut feeling and the the right and wrong will be more and more clear.
0: Mm, For sure. The more you see of that world, actually. And and if you could give one piece of advice to um, uh, leaders, however you choose to define those, what would it be? To listen to really mm. listen to, mm. to people.
1: And I, maybe not just listen with your ears, but listen with your full body and all the senses. Mm. Because many, many times you're in a room, I think especially if people that has power and maybe misusing the power a bit, mm. people become scared. And I think that's uh, something that is very important for those leaders to actually sense and feel the atmosphere and also to feel... Uh, what the people actually really want to think or uh, say, but they they don't dare to maybe even think it because they think whatever they say doesn't really count. Mm. So I think it's really important for the leaders to really listen. Stop being a leader, really being being together, being a team mm. would be so much more interesting. I think we would come so much mm. further in all re- I mean aspects mm. if it would be divided instead because mm. everybody's good at something and I, I do not think it is anybody that's great at everything mm. but combined and together you can of course create something really good mm. but if it would be only one thing to say it's just to really listen
0: mm.
1: really watch and listen
0: mm. yeah and i feel also uh, often i mean to leave um, space for for the others to do their mm-hmm. job. I mean, as long as they have the, you know, the mm-hmm. right resources, of course. Yeah. Make sure to do that and then just leave the floor to the mm-hmm. people to do their job. Of course, to trust in people and mm-hmm. trust that they actually are doing mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. That's a yes. good leader. If you were to give uh, advice to yourself, let's say 15 years ago or so, uh, what would it be? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Don't sweat the small stuff, I guess. Uh, relax and... Again, I mean, if you do follow your gut feeling and you are treating people the way you want to be treated, everything will be good. Instead of worrying so much, and just really relax and, and follow mm-hmm. the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Because every time I've done that and when I do it and I tell my, my daughters to do it, It works out. It really does. Mm. And even if you're sitting with friends and they think the world is falling apart, but then, you know, when it really goes down to what the gut feeling is and and how to handle it, it it does work out. Mm. The world isn't falling apart.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, I spoke to someone a couple of days ago. uh, We were discussing, you know... uh, whether that person should, uh, you know, next step should be this or that. or, And I think typically we are all very much focused on what we actually do mm. and what we should do next and what we actually did and all that. And um, it just, uh, you know, struck me that the importance is probably more into who do we want to be mm. rather than what do we do in different situations and different roles and so on. Because if you decide who you want to be and what's important to you, like, for mm-hmm. example, you have done and, and, and your your uh, colleague as well, then everything else comes natural. You just mm. live whoever you are, right? Mm-hmm. Who, you, who you feel that you should be and what you need to express. And then the job or the role or whatever you do comes mm. as a natural expression of that. Yeah. Uh, so we, we somehow... Very much, I think, the environment is driving us into what do you do, who are you, what do you yeah. do, rather than saying, okay, what's important to you, and, and who do you want to be?
1: That is so true, because there is, I, I don't remember which philosopher that was saying that it's actually, again, nature, and mm. nobody tells the grass to grow. Mm. It just grows, mm. and the same thing exactly. with the trees. Yeah. I mean, nobody tells the tree to grow tall and, and all that. It just does, mm. and it happens naturally. And that's really, and I thought that was really an eye opener when I heard that. And I thought, yeah, that's really true. Why push mm. it so hard? Mm. And why, why try so much instead of just really, as you say, be, mm. instead of try, uh, striving towards and against the currents
0: and, and all that stuff? I mean, it's better mm. to just really
1: mm. be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when you, as you have done, for example, you I mean, used your you know, passion and, and talent and so on, then you go into this flow. It mm. doesn't mean that, that you, of course, you will have challenges and, mm-hmm. and so on as everybody else, but still you get out of them quickly mm. and, and uh, you find new, new ways, new mm. flows. Yeah, mm. more definitely. What do you think is the most important thing for, for companies to focus on right now? Uh, I think it is
1: humanity. What can you give to others or actually Mm. maybe just maybe reflect on are you giving something or is it actually taking something out or Mm. are you just there? Mm. And if you're just there, maybe that's even worse (laughs) than taking something because at Mm. least something is happening and something is shifting. Not Mm. saying that Mm. that is better, but still Mm. neutral. Then maybe you're not even Mm. trying, Mm. You know, mm. so it's trying to add something and trying to really whatever you have, have a little bit bigger perspective without trying to be a god or anything like that. And and not also trying to get followers in that way, but just really being a human and being focused on the humans. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: And again, mm. kind just kindness. If we elevate
0: even further, <laughs> what do you think the world needs most at this time?
1: It's also the humanity plus. We really, really need to add plus to the world and to to really actually be, understand the sources we have. Like I just heard about South Africa and Cape Town that's not going to have water in a couple of months because they haven't really understood fully the water supply is actually running out because they're not thinking should I water the lawn or should I not? Maybe it's better to be able to drink it. And the same thing there. I mean, all over the world, we we just use things still, even though we talk a lot about we should change and we should mm. do this or we shouldn't and so on and so forth. But still, mm. I mean, a lot of people do still eat the meat, and maybe they don't. I actually have started to really look where the meat comes from. The closer to where we live, the better. Mm. And if everybody started thinking that and doing that, actually not just thinking that could be good to really do that with milk or egg or whatever it is, that we would cut all the pollution with driving all the transports and flying and all that stuff. Mm. So if we Mm. somehow could start, like we did from the beginning, you did buy from the farmer next door. Mm. It wasn't flown in from... Argentina or something was actually Mm. from Mm. next door and really start thinking that again and for the people that do have a little plot of land um, doesn't have to be a big garden I mean you can actually grow things and you can actually Mm. think of those kind of things with Mm. with supply and that it isn't forever I mean all the supplies that earth really has I mean we do have Mm. to think what what can we do and what can we improve Mm. instead of just reading and saying oh that's awful and then continue
0: action is key yeah so Yvonne how was it to be on uh, the podcast fantastic (laughs) (laughs) yeah was was it was it useful to have to to think through these yeah
1: it's very useful actually it's really (laughs) it's kind of mind-boggling and you things that you take for granted and you do think that you know for sure but it it Mm. gets in a different (laughs) retrospect when you you have to Mm. really think about it Mm. and be quite fast
0: so uh, thank you so much, Yvonne, and uh, thank you for sharing everything, really. To find out more about Yvonne and her work, you can head to Yvonnecrista.com and also on Facebook and Instagram. I truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.